you know, it's, it's basically private money that um, it's, it's alternative financing. So instead of going to like a, a traditional bank and taking out a commercial loan or a business loan, they're going to um, alternative sources. And whether that be a family office, a hedge fund, um, an overseas bank, um, they're going to private funding outside of perhaps out of the U.S., um, to get the financing that they need. So these are investors, really, that are making these investments in these businesses. Um, traditional financing is all, you know, it's all dried up right now in this market. So it's not really a, you're going to find yourself, if you're a business owner and you're looking for funding, or you have a project that you're looking for funding for, you're going to find yourself on a hamster wheel in a very long, painstaking process to try to get funding in a traditional manner. Nation. Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Duncan, and we talk all things money and business. Today's episode is sponsored by podcastmoneymagnet.com. Podcastmoneymagnet.com. If you are thinking about launching your own podcast, jump on my calendar and I'm going to teach you how to launch your own podcast in 30 days. Podcastmoneymagnet.com. Today's episode, I get to interview Dana Flanagan. We're going to talk about private equity. And we're going to talk about how to position yourself and be bankable when raising funds or obtaining debt for that purchase. Hi, Dana. Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. How is your day today? Hi, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So why don't we get started first on your story? Talk a little bit about how you got to doing the amazing things that you're doing today. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, so I've been in the real estate world for the most part, for the last uh, 22 years. I've been involved in residential real estate mainly, and then started to shift over to commercial, got involved with multifamilies, uh, hotels, resorts, developments, and have done sort of everything. I've, I've uh, owned a flipping business and we flipped houses in Connecticut. Um, so I've done it all. I've, I've been an investor myself. I've owned a couple investment properties. So I've seen it all, uh, you know, through the years. And I started working on some of these larger developments, um, both nationally and internationally. And that led me to people seeking funding and, and people that needed funding to be able to get these, um, maybe take ownership of a new resort or buy a multifamily, turn it into student housing, something like that. Um, you know, buy a hotel, turn it into um, a multifamily student housing development, whatever it may be. So I started reaching out to people that provided capital, um, was kind of throwing things at the wall to see if it would stick. I mean, I really didn't know exactly the direction to go. I would just call these people that said they raised money. And I just really was frustrated. I wanted to be able to provide a service to, in addition to all the other things that I do to these people, but I didn't really know the right way to go about it. So I spent the good part of a year researching private equity, venture capital, understanding alternative financing, and really just kind of getting some knowledge of how I could incorporate this into my business and how I could bring value to people in that realm. 
So I spent a lot of time uh, working with family offices, a lot of times just for maybe like their real estate referrals and their, their needs. And then I really got a little bit deeper with it in building relationships with family offices around the country. And in turn, I um, started to ask them, you know, if that was something that they would do. Um, I found I got a lot of roadblocks by a lot of people and companies that, oh, we don't do that. Or, you know, there was always some caveat that would prevent us from moving forward, even from, for an initial conversation. And then I ran into this company out of Boca in South Florida, and they were able to do one, and then they were able to do another. And I started just sending everything to them because it made my life a lot easier. And I ended up, I think the first month, getting them over 80% of their new business. And they brought me on as their global head of product acquisition. So I have really delved into that market and um, and it's been a lot of fun. I'm not a, you know, I'm definitely not a, a 40 year veteran like a lot of these people in the business, but I have enough of a grasp on it to be able to properly guide people and help them get the funding that they need for their business. Awesome. So I've been in the in the real estate world for a long time too. There was a lot of terminology that you that you used in that that journey. Um, so let's break down a little bit of it. So let's first tackle private equity. What does that mean, and how do investors use that as a tool um, when they're doing their real estate investing? Sure. So you know, it's it's basically private money that um, it's, it's alternative financing. So instead of going to like a, a traditional bank and taking out a commercial loan or a business loan, they're going to um, alternative sources. And whether that be a family office, a hedge fund, um, an overseas bank, um, they're going to private funding outside of perhaps out of the U.S., um, to get the financing that they need. So these are investors, really, that are making these investments in these businesses. Um, traditional financing is all, you know, it's all dried up right now in this market. So it's not really a, you're going to find yourself, if you're a business owner and you're looking for funding, or you have a project that you're looking for funding for, you're going to find yourself on a hamster wheel in a very long, painstaking process to try to get funding in a traditional manner. Mm -hmm. uh, going outside of the box and going to a company like the one that, I now work for, it's called preipo.com. Also, we have a debt side, globalliquiditynow.com. And um, we're in 27 countries. Um, you know, we've been around for a while. We've got some amazing partners and amazing projects that we're involved in. And you, you want to go to somebody that has been in the business a while, that has a good track record, that understands what they're doing, and that has resources. If it's not something that we can do in-house, it's something that we can source out of, out, you know, outside for you. And we can also provide value to your business. So for instance, um, you know, we're partnered with Frank Ornstein, who is the founder of the Four Seasons hotel chain. He's one of on our board and he's one of our partners. And perhaps it's a hotel that maybe he's interested in investing in. And so now you've got this amazing um, you know, longtime hotel guru on your you know, as a partner that maybe you didn't even think that was going to happen when you came here looking for money. So we have a lot of relationships. A lot of times, you know, you're, you're not only um, getting involved with getting financing, but you're building relationships with people that we can connect you with that are very close to us that can help your business flourish. 
Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, as a commercial real estate investor, going the traditional route like a Bank of America or mortgage broker, you know, it's really difficult in this market now, as a lot of investors know, um, but you still have to be bankable. So your company also has a debt side where they can help obtain loans and help you partner with people um, that are looking to invest. So talk a little bit about bankable. What does that mean? And kind of what are you looking for when you're taking on a project that you're going to give debt to? Sure. So debt is our preference right now. Um, we do do equity. We have an equity side. We prefer debt right now. It's easier, faster. Um, and what we do is, you know, we we have a service. So it's like more like a loan procurement service where we have some people come to us. They have an amazing product um, and they, you know, they have a pitch deck. Let's just say that's something that you absolutely need. You need to have a, a summary, an executive summary of your business. You need to have a pitch deck. You need to have a pro forma marketing plan, that sort of thing. Uh, when people come to us, some of these pitch decks, although they look good on the outside, when you actually start looking at them, they don't tell you anything. It's very hard to understand what the person does. It's hard to understand where this is going, who their competition is. So we take everything um, that they give us. So let's just say they have a pitch deck that's not quite up to par. Maybe that's why they're running into roadblocks and they're not getting funding from other sources. We dissect that. We put it in a way that we know that our investors are going to look at it and they're going to understand immediately what the ask is, uh, what the business is, what the projections are and so forth. So your, your opportunity to be able to get in front of the most eyes to get the best rate in terms for your business is far greater than if you were to try to do this yourself. And there are a lot of people that are have tried for years and they haven't been able to get the funding that they're looking for or get their business off the ground if it's a startup because they're not reaching out to the right people. They're not even getting looked at. Uh, one thing about you know a, a really important piece of, of the company that I work with is that we have, again, it's all it all goes back to relationships. We have relationships with banks and family offices. We also have our own family office where those people know that if it's coming over from pre-IPO, it's it's a done deal. Like we've already basically underwritten it for lack of a better word. You know, we've packaged it up so we can hand them a fully understandable product where they know it's coming from us. We've done the dirty work basically. So, you know, we're not just throwing stuff at the wall to see if it sticks. We've put it together and it's ready to go. So a lot of times, you know, if these people get us everything that we need, we're able to get them funding fairly quickly. And, and, and they have a far greater chance of getting funding than if they were turned down other places. Yeah. And then one more term that you were using there for the audience that may not understand, what is a family office? So a family office is a um, private it is a private um, sector and it could be one family. It's it's a wealthy family or it could be multiple families. So it could be a multifamily office with a net worth generally of 25 million or more. So it's, it's a private market versus like if you were to, um, if you were to put your money with like JP Morgan Chase or, you know, these larger institutions where they're public, you, you have a certain amount of wealth you want to keep that private. You want to have your own in-house, um, you know, attorney. You want to have your own in-house CPA, and everything is kept to close knit to increase the wealth for years to come, for generational wealth, and to also protect the privacy of that family, whether it's a you know a well-known person or persons, um, and and help be able to grow that wealth for generations. So um, 
a lot of times they have their money diversified in different things. Um, and it's, it's just very close knit and you find a lot of millionaires and billionaires do things that way. There's a lot more family offices than people probably think. Um, but it's just really a way for them to keep things in house. And, um, and you know, it's, it's a great resource if you can get into that market and that world, so to speak, uh, it's a great resource for people that are looking for investments. Yeah. And I like it. And it's instead of going to like your institution or traditional um, route, you know, family offices can kind of make their own rules and what they're looking for, what they want to invest in. And they don't necessarily have to follow guidelines of, you know, um, the stock market or investors um, in their stock. So that's what I, I, I like about the family offices as well. Now, you touched on networking, too. I'm a huge networker, not quite in the same space as you. But how important is that to people that are looking to either work on big projects, resorts, hotels, things like that, the networking aspect? Talk about that. Well, networking is important, I think, whatever you're doing. I mean, whatever you're doing, it can you can be a small business, you can be a local shop even um, in your local hometown. I, networking is so important to be able to create, you know, it's first to get contacts, but that is not the, the end all say all. And I think a lot of people misunderstand getting a contact and building a relationship. People work with who they know, like, and trust. So you first get the contact. Maybe it's a meeting of somebody that comes in your store. Maybe it's somebody that calls you on the phone. Maybe that's somebody that inquires on your website, social media, what have you. There's so many ways that you can have an interaction with somebody, right? Then it's up to you to decide if that is a person that perhaps you want to create a relationship with. And it doesn't always have to be business. Some people are looking for people that, you know, to join their their sports club or their ski club or whatever it may be, um, or, you know, their brownie troop or whatever it is. I mean, it's all about networking. It's about growing your connections with people and building relationships to, you know, to flourish in whatever it is that you're looking to do. So um, I think it's very important to add networking to your business, your lifestyle, if you're looking to grow. And maybe you're looking to have a support system. Maybe you're going through something that, you know, you need to have support. That's all about networking. Um, I think, you know, you need to be very diligent about it. You need to be consistent about it and you need to follow through. You can go to a networking event and bop around and collect a bunch of business cards, but if you don't do anything with those cards, it's really just, you know, it kind of falls on deaf ears. So, you know, creating relationships where you build rapport with people and they have a trust, they know you, they know what you do. They know that you're a trusted resource for whatever it is that you're looking to, to provide. And you need to be sure to provide value to people. People want to know what can you do for me? That's like one of the most important things. They don't really want to hear you spill everything that you do all over them. They want to know how can you help them get where they want to be. So that's a really important piece to consider. Yeah. One of the questions I like to ask people when I'm at an event is, you know, like what exciting project are you working on right now? Because we all want to talk about ourselves and when we have something exciting, we're going to share and it kind of gives you an opportunity to figure out how you can help them. So I really like that perspective as well. Um, oh. So shift. Shifting back to the investment side a little bit, being that you are really into the market, you know, you're seeing a lot of stuff going on in the commercial world. We know that the traditional um, financing is tough. Interest rates are high. Kind of what what are you guys thinking is going to be happening in the next 12 to 18 months? Where do you think that this market's going to go? 
Well, I mean, I can speak on both the private um, private equity side and the real estate side. So it's really two different things that I do. Um, I still do traditional real estate. I'm licensed in multiple states, including Florida, uh, Connecticut, Vermont, and soon to be North Carolina. Um, but I do, you know, I do regular real estate all around. I can, you know, provide advice and be able to refer those people to the states I'm not licensed in. So in the, you know, it's funny because my fiance is a mortgage broker and I see, you know, I hear him all day long on the phone and, and you know, what's going on on the mortgage side of things. And the rates are really high right now, as people know. Um, a lot of the markets uh, for housing are, inventory is very slim. Some are, some states are worse than others. Um, you know, for instance, Connecticut is much worse than Florida. Um, and just, you know, because I have my finger on the pulse in both of, both of those states, uh, just to give an example, West Hartford, Connecticut, which is a very um, bustling suburb of Hartford and, um, you know, has pretty much everything you can think of, every store and shop you can think of. Last, in 2017, they had 187 homes on the market in January. This past January, they had 23. Wow. So, I mean, it's just the inventory is insane. The interest rates are high right now. Um, so it's a very different market in real estate. And and it this is probably the weirdest market I've ever been in. I mean, much different than the crash of 2008. Um, and it's tough. A lot of realtors are getting out of the business. We just don't have the amount of homes to sell. I used to sell 100 homes a year. I mean, going down to 30 is not, you know, is is really not going to cut it for years to come. So, you know, you have to pivot when when things change. You really have to pivot, and that's why I got into to private equity and venture capital. Um, in that market, I think you know, you've got to look at there's there's a couple different things I want to let people know. Traditional financing is all but dried up. Like I had mentioned before, if you're going to try to go get, I mean, some of these people that come to us, they're we do everything from a million up. So if they come to us, they're looking for 25 million or they're looking for 500 million. You're not going to walk into your local bank down the road and get that. There's just no way. So you have to look at alternative sources. And sometimes it's a capital stack from different sources that we put together to be able to build a package for you. So um, you have that opportunity when you go to a firm that's got all these different you know, legs of the business, so to speak. Um, and, you know, we've got people that come to us that want to give away so much equity in their business so fast because I, I don't really think that they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're ready to give away 25% of their business. And we're looking at them like, are they nuts? You know, just go get, you know, get a, get a debt piece in place, you know, get your business off the ground and keep the equity. This thing's going to take off. Why are you giving away so much of your business? But I think they watch Shark Tank or they see all these other things and, you know, it's, it's, um. It, it seems really easy to give away a piece of a biz, of the business. Once we get going, we'll give you X amount of dollars. They don't want to really take on the risk, so to speak. But in the end, they're really kind of shooting themselves in the foot. So I think it's really important to get some consult, you know, get a consultation. That's what we do. We have multiple Zoom meetings. We we kind of analyze everything and we'll say to you, like, here's option A, here's option B, here's option C, but why are you doing this? Like, I wouldn't do this if I were you. So it's nice to have a personal, um, a personalized touch and somebody that you can literally call or text any day of the week. We work seven days a week and, and we're international. So, you know, we get right back to, to everybody. I think that's a really nice piece that we offer is the customer service side of things, because a lot of times when you try to get funding, you're talking to somebody, you know, through email back and forth and it takes forever. 
Yeah. And we're such busy people. And I love that you give them alternate options because sometimes, like you said, they're giving away part of their company because they just don't know any different. And so when you're presenting them with different options and they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know I can do that. You know, that's an incredible, you know, value add that your company is doing with those um, people as well. So um, any other advice for someone who might be thinking that they want to get into this field and maybe look at some um, investing outside of the residential market, where do they start? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, it is, I taught myself the business. I have a lot to learn still. So I, you know, I certainly um, am well aware of that. Um, it's, you know, it's just like real estate. It's one of those things that if you want to get into it, you have to live and breathe it all day, every day, and you do not get paid for a while. It is the same as real estate. And this is why so many realtors, 10% of the realtors do all the business because they see someone like me who sold homes for 22 years, selling, you know, putting three houses on the market every, you know, a week, you know, at a time. And oh, I want to be just like her, but they don't realize that it took me my first year in real estate. I did like a zillion open houses to, this was really before the internet. I know I'm dating myself, but I mean, the internet was still like dial up at that time. And, um, and I had just got the smartphone and a lot of other realtors didn't have one, but you know, I did open houses and I just waited for people to come in to pick up buyers and get leads. That's how I got my leads. You know, I didn't have Facebook when I started in, um, in real estate. So, I mean, you really had to grind it out and you have to put the time into it and not get paid. So you need to have a plan. Um, the nice part about this is anybody can get involved. You don't have to get involved in the level that I am. I mean, I, I really created this position for myself. You can be a connector. You can send someone our way that is looking for funding. I, you know, luckily I run into a lot of people through my real estate background and all my connections that may know somebody that's got a business that's seeking funding. So a lot of times, you know, you'll see it on social media too. People will post it and maybe that person is friends with them and they could be across the country and they may reach out to me and say, Hey, Dana, I know this person personally, they're looking for 10 million for their business. Can I connect them with you? And that person will, you know, will get a, um, you know, there'll be an affiliate um, for that particular transaction. So they will get paid for their connections. So some of these connections are, you know, $120 million. So it's a great opportunity for someone to be a connector. I've had a few connectors that have looked into this as I want to follow in your footsteps and I want to do what you're doing. So we've actually brought them onto the team. So I have, um, three really great people that have dialed this in full time and are underneath me and we're creating what's like a profit sharing downline. So um, I, I really set it up the way, kind of like the way Keller Williams and EXP Realty do it. And, um, and it's been great. So there is an opportunity to, you know, based on, again, your contacts and your relationships with people to be able to uh, help yourself financially when you make those connections and we fund those projects. Awesome. All right, Dana, as we start to finish up the show, I have a fun question for you. If you could have a superpower or talent, what would it be and why? Ah, <laughs> so I would, I would actually like to be able to read into people on a business side of things most, well, actually, no, I'm going to say this, you know, kind of overall and, and find out, weed out the time wasters. And I say that because you know, I've gotten better at it through the years of finding out. I wish I could just see, you know, see when you start working with somebody, whether it be a client, whether it even be like a, a you know, a potential friend or whatnot, and, you know, make sure that their intentions are good. Their intentions are um, pure. They're not a time waster because I think we all know our biggest 
our biggest resource is time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is something we can't get back. And there have been many, many people in this world. And I'm sure with anybody in any business can relate and go, gosh, I remember that transaction. That person wasted a ton of my time and nothing ever came of it. And we learn from these processes, right? But there's there's so much time wasted with people that are tire kickers. And I think people can say that in multiple businesses. So I would love to be able to know this person is going to come through. This person is not. That would be a great thing. I think we'd all be you know, in a much better place if we didn't waste time with, with people that, you know, wasted our time just, you know, kicking, kicking around the tires. So, yeah, um, I love that. <laughs> awesome. Dana. So for audience wants to get in touch with you, learn more about what you do, perhaps partner with you, send referrals. How do they reach you? So um, they can email me at Dana at Dana Flanagan.com. And that's D-A-N-A. F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And they can go to our website uh, for private equity, which is pre-IPO.com. And I'm happy to answer any questions uh, real estate-wise, funding-wise, or even networking as well. Awesome. Dana, it was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing incredible information and being on the Empower Her Money podcast. Well, thank you so much. It was great being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into Empower Her Money podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast, and leave a review wherever you are tuning in.